Hey, I'm Coach Kathy. It looks like somebody's on. Could you please say hello in the chat so I know who's on here with me? Today's topic is Teenage Wasteland. I'm a coach. I'm not a therapist or a psychiatrist. I don't work in the psychology field. So I speak from my heart. I speak from my own experience. And for coaching, I love to coach. I love to see people win. I'm all about that. I'm all about seeing people happy, healthy, whole, and get whatever they want in life. I'm I'm here to help people move forward. That's what coaches do. All successful people, all successful athletes have a good coach. And um, I used to coach kids. I coached cheerleading and softball. And I have a passion for that. I have a passion for helping people be their best. So that's why I'm on here. I just want to clear that up and make sure nobody thinks that I'm in the medical field. I'm not a doctor. I speak from experience and my own personal wisdom. And I like to share that wisdom with other people. So today's topic is teenage wasteland. And I'm talking about teenage addiction. And basically, um, addiction could be hereditary, genetic, it can run through the generations. Or addiction could be in somebody who has no addiction in their family line. So there's really no rules about who becomes an addict and who is not. But what it boils down to is our brain and the way that our brain is responsive to specific things when it's stimulated. So, you know, if a child is introduced to something and it sets off that euphoria in their brain, whether it could be that they ate some chocolate and loved it or Maybe a small child was over at a friend's house and they had an older uh, brother or sister or member in the house that had on some pornography and they were introduced to something that stimulated their brain and excited them and made them want more. Addiction is about wanting more of something. If it's alcohol or nicotine or drugs, it's, it's when it's signaling the brain and the brain no longer is responsive to responsibility. It now wants more of that euphoria and that stimulation that makes it feel good. So addictions are learned. It's learned actually at times because, you know, we basically go after what it is we like and we just want more and more and more. So for teenagers, you know, if they do experiences in the teenage brain or they use a teenage rat versus an adult rat and they put nicotine in the teenage rat, it becomes addicted faster and a lot harder. So it's lo- it lasts a lot longer within teens and it's harder to break once they start from a younger age. It also will s- get in the way of their emotional development. So it's harder for a teenager to transform into an adult or transition into an adult when they are immature. And so it definitely gets in the way of emotional growth. And the signs to look for in a teenager are whether maybe you see a teenager that's depressed, 
um, not motivated. Maybe they look like they're gaining a lot of weight or acting very funny and peculiar, isolating. Their grades are dropping. Um, they're angry. They're emotional. These are things to look out for. Or if you have somebody that's made a, a comment about your teenager, don't ignore it. Um, if teachers are calling, don't ignore it and, you know, have the awareness and, and be open and, and willing to learn and to check into it so that you could put it to rest before it gets too late. Or at least you can start educating your teenager on things they can do if it does progress and become something that's out of control for them and causing them to have negative uh, consequences like ending up in jail or obesity. Um, you know, sex or porn addiction is dangerous that could kill them if, you know, they catch diseases and end up in bad places from that. So it doesn't matter what the addiction is. It's all negative and it's all harmful. And so the more that the kids are educated, the better they're going to be at knowing that there are solutions out there and they'll know what to do if they're educated. And they do educate kids in schools, which they do talk about a lot of this in their health classes. They talk about drugs and alcohol, but a lot of times the kids aren't as tuned in as they should be. So you really want to make sure that you're talking about this with them in the homes too. And the more that you communicate with your teens the more that they are going to benefit from that. And you have to be open and honest and you have to allow them to feel safe and allow them to be open and honest. If they feel safe enough to be able to share with you how they're feeling without having somebody be a hard critic on them or too angry or judgmental, then it's going to build their self-esteem and their self-worth. And they're going to understand that they can trust to talk about whatever's going on. And it's all about self-esteem and self-worth too. I mean, if somebody's exposed to addiction, if they are exposed to something that stimulates them like chocolate or whatever it is, and they understand the health consequences that are going to happen, you know, the heart disease and the dangers and being overweight and how that's going to cause insecurity. And, you know, they are, they could possibly be made fun of the more that they know facts and they feel trust with the person that is speaking to them, whether it's their parents or whoever. Hopefully it is the parents, but whoever it is, the more they know, then the stronger they're going to be. And it's easier for them to avoid temptation or say no when something's in front of their face, because then they're going to be more about self-care and self-love than just picking up a vice that is harmful to their health and could cause them so many issues. Alcohol and drugs, you know, could cause them, you know, just a horrific life if it's not something that they get put to rest and, and take care of. And so there's some, there's a lot of different options out there. There's a lot of solutions, but first of all, being um, familiar with the signs of it, and then also having some skills and tools to deal with it. A lot of parents might be seeing some signs of something going on and they're just a little bit stuck. Fear can paralyze people. 
Um, sometimes it's easy to go into denial because we don't want to believe it or see something. It's too scary. Um, sometimes we just don't think it's as big of a deal as it may be. And, you know, it's not to blame anybody. Nobody's at fault. The key is to know these things and help and support each other. Like if you see, you know, somebody's kid that looks like they are struggling, don't hesitate to offer a hand. Maybe that parent needs somebody to give them a nudge and help them see something. Um, you know, don't just talk about it behind their back. Help them. You know, you're, you could be saving a life. And basically, kids aren't going to understand what they're doing. They don't know that, you know, especially with drugs and alcohol. Why do they do it? You know, if you ask teenagers, well, they think it's going to be fun. You know, it's they're curious. They want to try something. They don't realize the danger and the harm in it. That's why they have to be educated and really, truly understand it. But those with self-esteem and self-worth are a lot less likely to do things that they know could cause them major issues in their life. Okay. Some people just think they're invincible. Um, and before you know it, it's gone too far and they're out of control. And one of the reasons I like talking about this is because I, you know, had a lot of fun and I drank beer when I was a teenager and it really didn't cause me problems until, well, it did, but for the emotionally with relationships, but it, it didn't get in the way of my school or college or succeeding in sales. So I didn't think it was a problem at all. So it's very tricky that we could have a problem and not even know it because if you, you know, I didn't get a DUI or end up in jail. So I had other consequences. Like I said, I had um, unhealthy relationships and I didn't really realize how much alcohol and drugs played into that. So there's things like cross addiction too, where, you know, we could start with one addiction and put that down and end up with a different addiction. You know, there was a time where I smoked cigarettes you know, and I don't do that anymore and I'm not drinking and I'm not using anything. I don't use any mind altering substances. Very glad and I'm happy and healthy and I'm not crossing over into any other thing that's going to cause me harm. So that's something to look at, though, because there are people that will do that. Like and, it, and it's very common. So just don't let up on somebody who may put down the one substance and then move over to something else because it's a process and it takes work and it takes being very into awareness and self-reflection and just focusing on that person and giving them a lot of love and a lot of communication. And when you're communicating with your teenagers about addiction, you want to ask them questions to help them feel independent and like they're responsible for themselves, not like in a controlling way where you're you're telling them what to do and you're ordering them around and you're being so strict that they just feel like they don't even have a voice and they're not able to like, you know, be their own person, you know, that could have a, a reverse effect. So when you're communicating, you want to ask them a lot of questions like, how would you feel if this was your sibling? How would you feel if this was somebody you really cared about that was going out and drinking and drugging? So, Maybe they're not thinking about it for themselves, but they certainly care so much about that sibling they love and they might think about it more for themselves. Ask them questions like, what would you do 
if you were at a party and somebody was drinking and driving and you didn't know it, but they offered for you to get in their car and allow them to talk through that. Watch videos with your children, your teenagers about um, DUIs and car wrecks and the food and all the addictions show them the consequences and the results that they're going to have if they continue on that path or if they choose you know, to allow something to take them over. Once the addiction kicks in, it's basically going to control your life. So you have to get a hold of this before it's too late. And like I said, if it goes on and on, there are solutions. There's professional help where if it's um, sometimes there's deeper issues going on and a person needs some professional help, there's therapy There is in-house inpatient therapy rehabs, outpatient therapy, and they might need to go that route. Or it could be that they need to get active in a sport or a hobby, piano, music, whatever, something they love, art, and you want to help move them into something that gives them purpose. They might be hanging around a lot of negative people, so it's really important to be aware of their surroundings and to talk to them about how are they being treated and, you know, that they have to have a healthy relationship with themselves and treat themselves good. You know, for me, it was a lot of fun. I had good friends and we all did the same thing. I didn't think it was a problem, but, you know, looking back, I see where it interfered with my ability to make good choices in my relationships. And it allowed me to accept unacceptable things. And um, because of the confusion that the, um, addiction was bringing into my brain, you know, of knowing something's not right, but um, my self-esteem was going down from it. So I was settling and, you know, just really not taking good care of myself and making decisions that a healthy, strong person would have cut off ties with certain friends, cut off ties with specific relationships because they were toxic. And, you know, we want to make sure the, the end result, the end goal is to love ourselves, fly first, love yourself and be good to other people. So you've got to have self-esteem, self-worth, and you have to have awareness and you have to be in touch with yourself and know what your triggers are, which is another solution to helping somebody, um, you know, take charge when the triggers occur. There could be commercials on TV that show a lot of sugar. And that is definitely going to trigger them to want to get up and go. So don't put sugary foods in the house. Like take care of people and help them by not having things in the home that's going to trigger them. Also, it could be, you know, people that are fighting stress and anxiety can cause somebody to use a negative substance, a negative solution to deal with their feelings. So you want to keep them in a safe environment. And if you're in a toxic home, you know, you want to definitely think about your teenagers and what is that doing to your teenagers? What is it doing to your children? You know, if if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're screaming and fighting all the time, how is that affecting them? Because these are things that you can catch before it's too late. You know, do you have somebody in the home that is physically hitting your child? These are things that you really want to pay attention to so that your child has skills and tools to deal with their feelings and rather than using unhealthy methods that are taking charge of their life. It, it doesn't always mean that the child 
isn't happy or healthy if they pick up drugs and alcohol. A lot of times it's social peer pressure and it's what everybody's doing and it's innocent at first. So you have to pay attention to signs if it's showing that they might be going too far with it and hopefully catch it before that happens. So that is basically what today is about, Teenage Wasteland. I see that one person's on here and I don't know if you would like to make a comment or ask any questions. And if not, I'll pretty much wrap it up. There's two people, so I'm not sure who you are. I don't see um, anything in the chat. If you have any questions or have any input, I would love to hear from you. But this is more so just to help anybody who may need it. Keep your eyes and ears open. Don't be afraid to make that phone call. Just step in. You might be saving a life or helping a friend. So thank you for listening in. Teenage Wasteland Addiction uh, for young ones. It gets them quicker harder, faster when their brains are stimulated. So we got to nip it in the butt by um, giving them skills and tools and um, solutions on what to do. Keep them happy, build their self-esteem and self-worth with a lot of love, a lot of positive talk. Um, Don't just focus on grades or, um, you know, if they're good, if they're a good athlete, focus on effort and their attitude and the fact that they did something positive um, around the house, like the little things, build them up. And that will make a big difference when it comes down to them being in the group and people are doing different things and somebody's putting something in front of their face that they know isn't healthy. It helps them to say no when um, somebody else might say yes, because they are lacking in, in self-esteem. So that's it. Have an awesome night. We'll be back next Monday. See you at 530 next Monday. The topic will be introduced soon. Thanks.